Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. My name is John Boccasino. We are back here on Believe, recapping week three of the Buffalo Bills preseason. The Bills wrapped up their preseason slate with a perfect 3-0 record thanks to a 19-0 shutout over the Green Bay Packers. On a sun-splashed Saturday afternoon at Highmark Stadium on Kids Day, and everybody there in attendance definitely got their money's worth from this offense and from a defense that only gave up 30 points total in the three preseason games. My name is John Boccasino, welcoming on my colleague and co-host Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, Bills escaped the preseason 3-0. and Josh looks great in his tune-up. What did you take away from the last of the preseason games? My takeaway was that Josh Allen does not have any rust, despite not playing in the previous two games. I think that we are good to go on that front. You know, I um, I, I count me among the people, I don't think anybody in attendance knew exactly how long Josh was going to um, to be on the field for, but I think many of us would have been quite satisfied if after that dart, after that bullet on a third and 20 for an unbelievable touchdown to Gabriel Davis, um, that Josh would have probably taken a seat for the rest of the afternoon. And yet that wasn't the case. It was really interesting, Sean McDermott. What do you think he was trying um, to, to do with Josh, having him play more than just that one drive out there? Because to me, again, I thought I saw more than enough on that opening drive to say, all right, good. All pro quarterback looks great. Let's let's put him on the sidelines and bubble wrap everybody and get ready for Pittsburgh. I think he was just trying to get some continuity and timing. You saw that the uh, the starting offensive line played into the second half, and you know the receivers were on the field for the entire first half. I think that this was this was the environment that Sean McDermott wanted to create for the home fans to give them something to cheer about. But also it just, I don't think he wanted them to go into the season completely cold. I think that there were probably a couple of things that they wanted to work out. And you saw that putting Mitch Trubisky in for one play. Did you notice that? You know, we did. We thought that maybe uh, Jake Fromm needed to like, tie his shoelaces or, or had to go to the bathroom or something. Cause we're like, why is Trubisky out there for just the one play? And then, you know, Fromm came right back in. Right. And I think that speaks to what McDermott is trying to accomplish. There was probably one specific route. He was like, Mitch, I'm not feeling confident about your ability to do that. Take one more rep. And I'm sure that they were looking at the same thing with Josh Allen and the rest of the team. There's certain things that they wanted to work out. They got the kinks out of their system. They were playing against the Packers' second team, so less likelihood of injury. I think that's where the thinking was. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. And again, I think we all breathed a huge sigh of relief when Josh came off the field along with most of the starters, knowing that they, again, did escape the preseason, at least game three, relatively unscathed when it comes to the um, 
the injury front, it, it, it was so much fun, Jamie, you know, to, to be, and I, I have season tickets. We went to the stadium on Saturday. We, we do a dry run ourselves, just like the players to get back in regular season form. And it was so awesome. It was unbelievable. And words can't describe how cool it felt to have that stadium back and better than ever with the electric atmosphere. I mean, how many times do you get a preseason game where the fans cause a delay of game? That happened on I Saturday. Know. Yeah, it. you've been going to games for years, and um, you've had season tickets for a long time. Have you ever seen that electric of an environment, of an atmosphere for the preseason? No, no. I, I, I don't. I, 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 and we always go to at least one preseason game. Saturday's atmosphere, it felt like a regular season game, and I'm sure a lot of it was the absence of having fans. I mean, for the most part, most of those people in the stadium had not been to a Bills game in more than 18 months. You know, I mean, there were 7,000 fans that made it for each of the two home playoff games, but that has not been a full capacity crowd since, and I'm not even going to include the the Jets regular season finale in 2019. I mean, that was probably a 60% full stadium. Yesterday afternoon, on per- I mean, it was hot, it was steamy, and it was sunny, and it was glorious. Everybody was out there rocking their jerseys. It was kids' day. Didn't see too many morons getting ejected from the ballpark, from the stadium for uh, excessive intoxication. And the Bills put on a show. So, no, I have never seen a crowd for a preseason game that into it. And I know that afterwards I came back and watched uh, after cooling off I rewatched the game on the NFL Network broadcast to see what we missed being in the stadium. And it was amazing how loud the sounds carried over to the TV because it felt really loud at the stadium. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sellout crowd and you wouldn't expect it to be. And it was still loud. You could pick it up on the broadcast. It was it was a lot of fun. I I had a good time watching it. And I was watching with one of my good buddies who has since left D.C. and moved to Buffalo but he was down visiting me and John are sitting there. And then Josh Allen uncorked that touchdown throw, that 31 yarder. And we actually yelled as if it was the regular season, not because we were excited that the Bills scored, but we were excited that it was such a gorgeous throw. There are very few quarterbacks in the NFL that can make that throw. And the fact that uh, it happened to be coming towards our section, so we had a beautiful view to watch Gabe Davis run the beautiful route. I mean, he was on fire with his route running, and he made a strong case uh, for himself to be a, a very hard-to-guard weapon uh, in this Bills offense. And and that's what I love the most, Jamie. I know on these preseason podcasts, we've tried to do it with a grain of salt, the what we've liked and what we didn't like about the preseason performances but it was I'll, I'll sum it up best with what Emmanuel Sanders said after the game. Emmanuel Sanders was so impressed with how this offense actually executed in a game setting. He has not had the pleasure of playing with Josh Allen, playing in a Brian Dable offense for a game that actually counts against an opponent. And he was saying how great it was to just see you can't replicate this high octane up-tempo offense in practice and it really convinced him that he made the right decision to come to Buffalo because he fared very well you know he had uh, four catches 27 yards three of them were for first downs it was so fun to see this offense just pick up and put on a show 
That video of Emmanuel Sanders, I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, God, he seems like a nice guy. He was just all smiles and effusive in his praise of everybody. I I was like, okay, I know that the McBean administration likes certain personality types. I can absolutely see why they've been after this guy. He just seems like he's going to be an asset in the locker room. Oh my gosh. And especially with the question marks over the rest of the receiving core. Um, although it was great to see Isaiah McKenzie showing his COVID vaccine card. So hopefully, you know, he, <laughs> we don't have any more. We're not going to talk about the the mishaps that happened this week with the, the COVID issues and following the protocols. But I want to give credit to Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders for really, and Cole Beasley. I mean, Cole Beasley, to his credit, played really well when he was on the field as well. I mean, there was a beautiful, that play where Josh kind of hung around the pocket and lofted that strike to Beasley that set up the uh, short touchdown pass to Zach Moss. That was a thing of beauty. He caught all four of his passes Beasley did for 42 yards. And that running throw, it, it was so reminiscent, the one that Josh had to Cole Beasley, of what you would see a Patrick Mahomes attempting and nobody else because the audacity to try to complete that throw, it's pretty rare. In the second quarter, Josh Allen had Beasley wide open, who had gotten behind the defender going up the right-hand sideline, overthrew it. And he and Beasley were both smiling after that play because they were both thinking the same thing. Like, ah, we had him, missed it. And Bees obviously was giving him a hard time because Beasley got probably three yards behind the defender on that play. And uh, I was like, here comes a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely the offense picked up right where it left off. And it was great. I, I know Josh exceeded. And Josh excelled every aspect of the passing game. I mean, he was doing a lot of his work over the intermediate and the short passes, um, really working on that quick timing. A lot of that was because I'm sure he doesn't want to take any sort of pressure or hit from the Packers uh, front seven. He didn't want to have any sort of you know chance of getting hit uh, with their pass rush. But it was great to see the way he recognized what was open. And he was, you're right, he showed no rust whatsoever. 20 of 26, a buck 94 two touchdowns on his three series. It was great to see. And Jamie, really, the offense steals the um, the awards, if you will, for me, because almost everything that Buffalo did on Saturday was impressive. You even had the offensive line holding up well enough for Jake Fromm to scamper for a rushing touchdown, uh, Buffalo's final score of the day. You had Matt Breda getting creatively lined up outside as well as doing the running back duties where Dable showed that, you know what, it's not just Isaiah McKenzie who can be that valuable X factor for the Buffalo offense. Breda was showing a lot of signs of that too with him catching passes out of the backfield and being spread out wide. I just, I loved everything about the creativity that they showed uh, versus the Packers. I'm 100% with you on that. You you want to see them experiment a little bit in the preseason. And I think that if McKenzie is going to be out for any length of time, they do want to have somebody that can fill that role. The one who does the misdirections and the end arounds. Um, that's what they use very frequently in order to hold the opposing team's linebackers in place. And, uh, well, I like the way the Bills offense works. So it ain't broke. Uh, don't fix it. Just find somebody else who can jump in there. 
And a lot of the trends that we saw last year, of course, the Bills having a great third down offense. They were, I think, 9 of 13 uh, moving the sticks. And, of course, Cole Beasley had a large hand, as did Gabe Davis and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, in moving the sticks on third downs. Um, the offensive line did just enough, I felt, although I'm starting to get with you, Jamie, where I'm very concerned about the depth uh, on this offensive line. Um, clearly, you know, we've talked about it. Bobby Hart is a liability. Um, Tommy Doyle has a lot of the physicality and a lot of the potential that you want from an offensive lineman, but he's still very raw and he's still very unpolished. And there was a great example of that um, when Jake Fromm came into the game for good and both Bobby Hart and Tommy Doyle badly missed on their uh, pass protection duties from the edge that led to a sack. I'm worried, Jamie. I'm getting to the point now where I'm hoping that the Bills are able to uh, use their their, their savvy, if you will, to scour the waiver wire from the practice uh, cuts, if you will, by Tuesday afternoon to get some reinforcements. I'm not even fully sold on the guys that they have playing guard right now is starting. Um, I think that you can upgrade over John Feliciano and Cody Ford. We'll see how that works out as the season progresses, but they're not particularly great. And at this point, if I'm paying this kind of money to Josh Allen for the next six years, I want to do everything I can to keep him upright and you know protect my investment. I think that's why you saw the Bills sign a deal with Feliciano that they can get out from under after one season. But I haven't been impressed by the offensive line for a few years now, and I really want to see that get a little bit better. I think the Bills are right there with you. I think that's why you saw Cody Ford and Ike Butker playing as often as they have been, especially, I mean, Cody's seen a ton of snaps, and I'm not really quite sure if we know any more. I mean, that battle really is going to come down to the, the the days leading up to opening day as to who wins that guard spot. I think Butker's done more than enough to hold off Cody Ford. I think he's been more consistent and reliable both second half of last year and this year during preseason. But I'm with you. Count me among those concerned. I, I'm less worried about Feliciano, and I'm way more worried about Butker versus Ford and then the depth uh, on this offensive line as well because – yeah, I mean, Tommy Doyle could be a great product in a couple of years, but he's at least one year away from contributing. Uh, Spencer Brown, you know, who knows if he's going to be ready to handle the swing tackle duties uh, on game day for this offensive line. But you're right. When the pass protection knows that the Bills are going to be sitting back in the pocket and passing, 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 the defensive linemen can just, you know, pin their ears back and go after the quarterback with reckless abandon. And can the offensive line hold up and keep Josh upright for all 17 regular season games and the playoff games. That's the major question right now. It really is. And, you know, speaking of Ford, Butker, either of them would make for excellent depth. I'm not convinced that they will be ever an excellent starter. So we'll see. I, I mean, there's, they can prove me wrong. And Butker was a very calming presence. The line played better when he ended up on the field last season, um, you know, maybe that's something that they'll be able to build off of. We have a, a fully healthy Cody Ford. You know, it's not doom and gloom. I'm just speculating. I, I appreciate you keeping me, uh, you know, close to the uh, reality of things. Cause I, you know me, I tend to get rose colored glasses when it comes to this team. And that's definitely an area that 
made, I, I guess I have to have the same opinion as I did for the defensive line where most Bills fans were clamoring for them to go after somebody, you know, before the draft. And then the Bills had a plan and it's clearly paid off with Greg Russo looking like a, a man with his hair on fire. Uh, and the rest of the young defensive linemen are, are coming into their own. I guess we got to see what Brandon Bean has in store for the offensive line, what they can do to address this roster before the September 12th opener with Pittsburgh, but definitely things to look forward to about how the team is going to handle the offensive line situation, what they can do to improve the offensive line situation, because it's a major, major question mark uh, along that unit. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, the defense, Jamie, I want to uh, get your what you liked and what you didn't like from the game from the defense, because I thought there was a lot to like in certain spaces. The Bills clamped down tremendously and obviously pitched a shutout, uh, didn't give up much of anything. They did great in the red zone defense and the goal line defense and fourth down defense. But there was also a lot to work on in between those, in between the 20s, where the Bills kind of gave up some big plays. They did not look very disciplined on the defensive line. Um, they were not keeping gap integrity in the way that they needed to, and it showed up on those running plays. Um, you know, didn't look like the Bills had a great day defending the run, but there were some good things that happened in there. Um, I thought uh, Ed Oliver had a couple of outstanding plays, one of which actually occurred on that Micah Hyatt interception where Jordan Love... I. I don't know what he was thinking when he just lofted the ball into the end zone. That was a real boneheaded play by the uh, by the Packers quarterback. However, the reason that happened is because Ed Oliver blew up two guys on that play, including the guy who was supposed to pull in block Greg Russo. But Russo got the pressure on the quarterback, which caused him to make that mind-numbing decision to just float the ball down the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a boneheaded decision. I got to give credit both to Oliver and AJ Epinesa on that interception with they both kind of Oliver did a great job steamrolling uh, his offensive lineman AJ Epinesa showed the athleticism to get after Love with the pressure. Uh, it was a great performance I thought by those two and Micah Hyde comes away with the easy Yoink, I'll take that interception off of my former team. He must have felt pretty good to come down with the pick in the end zone. Um, the, the run defense was troubling, Jamie. I know it's only the preseason, but the Packers averaged more than 4.2 yards a carry, 118 yards on 28 carries uh, against the Buffalo defense, which is not good. Um, but there there were moments of, of things that were you had to enjoy too. I mean, the fact that you know the Bills got that huge breakup uh, with Trey White on the fourth down pass in the end zone. Um, all four times the Packers went for it, they got one conversion when the game was kind of out of hand. Um, they were turned away twice in goal-to-go situations. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone. And the fact that the Bills stopped them twice from inside the 1 and three times from inside the 3 
that was just phenomenal. I thought the defense won it when it needed to bend but not break. It was spectacular, and it made the Packers come away with nothing. Um, I, we mentioned AJ Epinesa being a beast and Ed Oliver doing a great job. And how about Epinesa handling the uh, the long snapping on uh, that one punt that it wasn't his fault that Matt Hawk shanked it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I, I was surprised to see him out there doing that, but I guess somebody has to take those duties, right? Well, we were all surprised when the news came out that Reed Ferguson wasn't going to be playing because he's just Mr. Iron Man. You think he's going to be back there and automatically pencil him into your lineup, but um, Epinesa showed that he could handle it in a pinch, I guess, if, uh, if needed. So you gotta like the versatility that he showed out there. I also want to say that there's a bunch of guys who we know are going to make the team, but just continue to show that they're not taking anything for granted. I was really impressed with Justin Zimmer and Andre Smith, how they both performed out there. Their roster spots should be secured, but they just were not complacent and they kept getting after it. I love seeing that hunger out of those guys. Andre Smith is an animal out there. And if there's ever any injuries and he's forced into the lineup at this point, I think I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, you got to. You got to feel good about that for sure. You got to like the fact that he could step in. Uh, and AJ Klein had himself a pretty solid, reliable game as well for someone who Bills fans like to malign uh, for not being very good. He stepped up and had a really good performance. I'm worried, Jamie, about the depth at the cornerback position. I'm officially oh, waving yeah. the red flag. Um, Cam Lewis is going to be counted on to see repetitions this year. And if he plays like he played on week three against the Packers, that's going to be a gaping hole uh, whenever he's on the field. That was just not a good position for him. He did not shine against Green Bay. It may well be time for the Bills to deal from a position of strength and maybe consider trading one of their defensive linemen for a corner, somebody who can potentially start or at least come in as a backup and be reliable because the Bills just don't really have anything beyond Levi Wallace. And Levi Wallace is an, he's a solid NFL starter, but he's about average. Um, that's okay. But... If he's average, what does that make all the guys behind him that can't get into the lineup? That makes them below average. And a bunch of lollygaggers. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Good, good reference out there. But at least at least going in the other direction for the negatives that Cam Lewis put on the field, Saran Neal bounced back pretty nicely, I thought, where he was another animal all over the field in coverage, had a nice breakup of a pass, uh, seven total tackles on the day. So at least you know, he's starting to come into form again, too, because the Bills need to maximize the contributions that they get from the Dane Jacksons, the Taron Johnsons, and the Saran Neals, the guys who are towards the back end of that cornerback depth chart. And again, don't be surprised. I love your point, Jamie. Trade from depth. Maybe they find a way to uh, find a team that needs defensive line help, and they trade F.A. Obata, and they get in somebody's cornerback prospect who hasn't quite panned out. I would sign up for that kind of move because I think the Bills have shown the depth they have along the defensive line is uh, a bountiful, and they need to go out there and address the other weaknesses like backup corners to help with the secondary. If the Bills could get the cornerback of F.A. Obata on the roster, I would be thrilled because Obata is a he's a rotational guy and a depth guy, but he could start in a pinch. And that's what I think the Bills are lacking. 
Well, there you have it, folks. There is a quick hitting recap for us of what we liked and what we did not like from the final preseason game of 2021. The Buffalo Bills run their record to 3-0. The next time that they take the field will be at Highmark Stadium for a 1 p.m. game Sunday, September 12th, the home opener against those Pittsburgh Steelers. We will have everything you need to know to get ready for that week one game here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Give us your thoughts, by the way, too, on week three, what you liked, what you didn't like from the Bills win over the Packers. We are going to have some fun getting ready for the season with you, and we want you to be there every step of the way with us by commenting on the articles on buffalorumblings.com and also on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Jamie, I know you were playing a little bit hurt today, buddy, but we appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing those insights. Hey, thanks, man. I hope that I don't sound uh, too asleep right now, but this is a wicked cold I've got. Sorry. Rest up, feel better, and watch more highlights of Josh Allen to Gabe Davis on third and 20. That'll make you feel good for the soul. Yeah. Beautiful plays out there for the Buffalo Bills here. (laughs) And we'll be here every step of the way to recap it and get you ready for all the big games coming up during the regular season here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.